Natural immunity from COVID turns out to be the best sort of immunity. We've got incredible data to share with you today. Come on, let's go take a look. The following is the audio version of a video released at peakprosperity.com. Visit peakprosperity.com to watch the video and to find other insightful content such as articles, discussion forums, and exclusive subscriber-only content. Hello, everyone. Dr. Chris Martinson here, not talking to you from YouTube today because we got censored. We got a strike. We violated community standards for talking about the kind of data we're going to talk about here with you again today. So we're in a we're in our five-year-old penalty timeout box for YouTube, uh, meaning we can't post there for a week after our community strike. So this is my second strike, but um, first one in a 90-day window, which means we got to be careful over there going forward. In fact, going forward, you're going to be seeing a lot less of my in-depth content there on YouTube because I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what they're sensitive about. They don't explain anything. They just take content from people and uh, you know harvest most of the monetization off of that and then treat you badly. So you'll be seeing less of me over there and more of me over here uh, in other places, particularly at peakprosperity.com. So let's go there right now. Incredible study. Uh, I'm going to talk about this honey badger virus. This thing is really hard to contain. Good luck with that, Australia, New Zealand. I think you're making a huge, colossal mistake. Uh, why? At least in part, because the whole strategy of waiting to have everybody vaccinated is kind of dumb, especially once you see this particular data. So let me get my drawing tool out here. As you know, I need that because I can't do anything without it. This cool study just came out, and this is comparing SARS-CoV-2 natural immunity to vaccine induced immunity, reinfection versus breakthrough infections. Whoops, let me go back up here again. Uh, so where's this come to us from? This comes to us from uh, really good high quality research centers in Israel. We've got Tel Aviv University and uh, all these other places here. So pretty cool study. What did they do? Let's take a look first. We'll go to methods, then results. Very cool findings. So what they did here is they conducted a retrospective observational study. So they went back into databases. And what did they do? They wanted to compare three groups. First group, SARS-CoV-2 naive individuals, meaning people who had no detectable infection. They had no antibodies. They'd never hit a positive on a PCR test. So these are SARS-CoV-2 naive individuals, never had COVID, who received a two-dose regimen of the Pfizer vaccine. Group two, they're comparing them, group one against is previously infected individuals who were not vaccinated. Very cool to find out what's going on. I've been waiting for this data for a while. We've had other data that we've shared with you, but this is the biggest, most comprehensive study we've seen so far. Three, they uh, were comparing both those earlier two groups against previously infected people who had had a single dose. So, they're called single-dose vaccinated people. They hadn't had both doses. So those are the three groups they're looking at. No COVID plus vaccine, no vaccine plus COVID compared to COVID plus a, uh, a single dose. So, and they ran all these big studies uh, on these pieces. What did they find? Um, by the way, uh, this was a huge study. Overall, 673,676 people in the database they were able to fish through. These were all 16 years of uh, age or older. And um, of these, they managed to find 62,883 were eligible for the study, and uh, 42,099 individuals were um, eligible for the study of previously infected single-dose vaccinees. So they had really big, giant data sets to work from. Um, so 673,000 fully vaccinated but naive individuals, 
62,883 were unvaccinated but previously infected, and 42,000. So why is this important? Because when you have numbers that big, you can pull in there and grab groups and compare them directly. You could say, I want 16-year-old males from both groups who had no comorbidities, who had a body max index of, you know, whatever. You can define that, and then you can compare those groups against each other. Propensity matching. It's awesome. It gives you uh, better data. So the abstract of this thing says they, uh, there are reports. Why are they doing this? Because there are reports of waning vaccine-induced immunity against COVID-19 that had begun to surface. And so with that, the comparable long-term protection conferred by previous infection with SARS-CoV-2 remains unclear. So we want to know that. We would love to know if, if this is how you get to herd immunity, by the way. Once you have X percent of people, let's call it 80 percent of the people, are no longer permissive to this virus, then you achieve herd immunity. So we want to know of the people who haven't been vaccinated, what's their role in all of this? This study answers that and and does a a really good job of um, parsing through the data, I thought. All right, so here's the results. So there were three separate um, models that they ran. This is model one. And so here, what did they find in yellow? SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees. So these are the vaccinated people, never had COVID. They had a 13-fold, that's 13 times higher increased risk for breakthrough infection with the Delta variant compared to those who had just merely been previously infected with COVID. And based on when these people were infected in the study, they were probably infected with the Alpha variant or some non-Delta variant. So vaccinated people had a 13 times higher risk of being a breakthrough infection scratchy record moment here. This is why I can't put this on YouTube. This says that the whole concept of a vaccine passport is idiotic. It means that people who are vaccinated are actually 13 times more likely than somebody who's had COVID before of being infective. So if we were running this in a really comprehensive way, we would say the highest class of people, the people we would want going to nursing homes, working as EMTs, in really sensitive jobs, you'd want to actually have people who at least had had COVID before, and maybe a COVID plus a vaccine. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that's what it says. The idea that there's unvaccinated and vaccinated, and the vaccinated are the clean and pure in the story, and everybody else is dirty, is actually false. That's what this data says right here. Full stop. First piece in yellow. I could be done, but we got more. Um, As well, they said here, continuing to the second part in yellow, the increased risk was significant with a p-value of less than 0.001, less than a 1 in 1,000 chance that this is by by chance. Increased risk was significant for symptomatic disease as well. This isn't just people who got a breakthrough infection. They are infected, but maybe they don't have symptoms. There was also a significantly increased risk of symptomatic disease as well if you're vaccinated and naive compared to people who are simply, um, or simply had had a a prior infection. All right. as well, down here, the, this uh, evidence of waning natural immunity was demonstrated through SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees who had a six-fold, 5.96, I'll call that six-fold, increased risk for breakthrough infection and a seven-fold increased risk for symptomatic disease in this uh, sort of tannish pinkish thing, brick-colored thing down here. SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees were also at a greater risk for COVID-19-related hospitalizations compared to those that were previously infected. Boom. 
So this is model one that they did. What they did, these are time matched as well. So this is important. So this says, if this was your date of your last um, vaccination, and then 14 days after that, that's when you're considered fully immune. And they match that against when people had um, had their inf reported infection with COVID. So they matched them up in time and then watched those two groups over time and, and came up with these results. So on a time-matched basis, SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees were at a greater risk for hospitalizations compared to those previously infected. All right. In Model 1 as well, um, checking this out, uh, previously infected uh, versus vaccinated individuals with matching for time of first event. Um, here they got 16,215 people in each group. So these are big sample sizes. That's awesome. 16,000, you have a good chance of finding statistically significant results. Um, overall, the demographic characteristics were similar between the groups, so they matched them all up. I, there are lots of exhaustive tables I'm not going to share with you here. So get this, during the follow-up period, 257 cases of SARS-CoV-2 infection were recorded, of which 238 occurred in the vaccinated group, those are breakthrough infections, and just 19 in the previously infected group. So these are reinfections for the previously infected group only. After adjusting for comorbidity, so now they're factoring out like, well, let's, you know, what if the vaccines were given to older people or older people who tended to be less uh, well because they had comorbidities? They factored all that out. They adjusted for those comorbidities. They found a statistically significant 13-fold, 13 times higher increased risk for breakthrough infection as opposed to reinfection. And critically down here, apart from age, over 60 years, and of course, age is the highest, uh, it's a big factor in this whole story because it's COVID. There was no statistical evidence that any of these assessed comorbidities significantly affected the risk of an infection. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. So this is telling us that the those who had been previously infected are not just a little bit more protected. 13 times difference between those who had had a prior infection versus those who were naive but had two doses. All right, carrying on, let's look at the symptomology for this uh, group, uh, Model 1 group here. They said, as for symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infections during the follow-up period, 199 cases were recorded. These are symptomatic. 191 of those were in the vaccinated group, 8 in the previously infected group. After adjusting for comorbidities, they say down here, they found a 27-fold risk for symptomatic breakthrough infection as opposed to symptomatic reinfection. Again, p-value less than 0.001. Um, very, very statistically significant result. A 27-fold difference in symptomatic. Now, symptomatic just means you had fever, you were coughing, you're sweating, blah, 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 things like that, right? As well, in the green down here, nine cases of COVID-19-related hospitalizations were recorded. Eight of those were in the vaccinated group, one in the previously infected group. And again, no COVID-19 related deaths were recorded anywhere in this sample model. So you might say, hey, look, whether you were vaccinated or unvaccinated, both protected from death. But there's a very unequal uh, relationship when you look at hospitalizations or infections. So more people who are simply vaccinated are getting infected. More of them are going to the hospital compared to people who had prior natural immunity because they had prior COVID infection. That's a really cool finding. That should be uh, informing our health decisions. It should be informing our public policy people. Uh, unfortunately, probably isn't. All right. Model two is a slightly different model. They take all that same data, run it through a different model and ask a different question. So here they're looking at previously infected people versus vaccinated individuals 
without matching for that time of the first event. So now we haven't lined them up. It's just, hey, anywhere in the data set, what's showing up? And here it's a little less clear, but uh, there's still profound effects uh, that we can point out. Oops, let me get back up to that one. So here they had 46,000 people in each of the two groups that's previously infected versus vaccinated. Uh, they did a great job matching all the baseline characteristics. Here in the second green part, they say when comparing the vaccinated individuals to those previously infected at any time, we found that throughout the follow-up period, 748 cases of SARS-CoV-2 infection recorded, 640 of those in the vaccinated group, those are the breakthrough infections, 108 in the previously infected group, giving you um, a, a really strong, profound difference between them. And after they adjusted for all the comorbidities and stuff, they found a six-fold increased risk for a breakthrough infection if you were vaccinated as compared to if you'd had a prior infection. Again, super, super significant p-value of p of less than 0 0.001. Um, and as well, last part in yellow down here, they found no statistical evidence that any of the comorbidities significantly affected the risk of an infection. So this is independent of comorbidities. Your chance of getting infected is independent of the comorbidities you might have. That's kind of a cool finding. It has a bunch of implications as well. All right, uh, model two, what were the results here? In terms of symptomatic cases, they found in this, again, 46,000 people in each side of this thing, they found 552 symptomatic cases of SARS-CoV-2 recorded, 484 in the vaccinated group, 68 in the previously infected group. So again, previously infected offering a much, much stronger um, protection against a reinfection than or any infection, a subsequent infection compared to the vaccine alone. There was a 7.13 fold increased risk for symptomatic breakthrough infection um, rather than as opposed to symptomatic reinfection. And they say here that COVID-19 related hospitalizations occurred in four and 21 respectively of the reinfection and breakthrough infection groups. So four people went, um, went to the hospital who had had a prior COVID infection, 21 uh, who were vaccinated. So vaccinated individuals in this last yellow part had a 6.7 fold increased to be admitted uh, to the hospital compared to recovered individuals. And um, again, no COVID related deaths uh, were recorded. So simply on the basis of having an infection, being able to spread the infection and going to the hospital, being vaccinated was not as protective as having had prior infections. So that's a really cool finding. Um, model three this is cool because now they're asking a slightly different question here, and a very different question, I guess. Uh, this is, whoops, third model, which was previously infected people versus those who had a single dose of the vaccine but had also previously been infected. So now we're asking the stacking function. This is the kind of data I've been asking for for a long time. We ought to have this in the United States, but don't. Um, Israel's providing it. Thankfully, we're seeing it. So now the question is, what if you've already had covid but you get a jab. They didn't ask the two jab question. I'm not clear why, but um, uh, I'll have to ask them and see what the answer is. But here they found they had 14,000 people that they could actually uh, look at this with and all the baseline characteristics were matched. Examining previously infected individuals to those who were both previously infected and received a single dose of the Pfizer vaccine, they found that the latter group had a significant, that's a, a significant, 0.53 fold decreased risk. So about half the risk of reinfection. 
So it's about half because and but here, look at how tiny these numbers are. 20 people as compared to 37. So 20 people who had both had a prior infection plus a jab got reinfected compared to 37 who were previously infected but unvaccinated. So that's where you get that 0.53 reduction. It's just if it had been 40, it would have been a 0.5-fold um, reduction, right? But um, So that's what they had there was about 53, 47% reduction, a 53-fold decreased risk, so 0.53-fold. So 20 to 37. These aren't huge numbers, but better than a sharp stick in the eye, 20 is better than 37. As well, they found that symptomatic disease was present in 16 of the single-dose vaccinees and 23 of their unvaccinated counterparts. So out of 14,000 persons, 16 were symptomatic, 23 um, uh, as compared to 23. 16 to 23 is not a huge difference. Hey, it's better than nothing, but it's not a giant piece. But most importantly, they said only one COVID-19-related hospitalization occurred in the unvaccinated previously infected group, and zero occurred in the other group. So that's just one out of 14,029 people, whether they had prior infection or prior infection plus a single jab, just one of them out of that whole group ended up going to the hospital. So I think there's an argument to be made here, although this isn't as strong as I would like. I need to see bigger numbers, or maybe we run this for a longer time. 20 to 37, that's good. Uh, 2016 compared to 23, that's good. They're almost comparable in my mind, um, but we're going to give a slight edge to previously infected plus a vaccine with one caveat that I'll get to in just a second. So the conclusions of their study were it demonstrated that natural immunity confers longer lasting, it's durable, and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease, and hospitalization caused by the Delta variant, very important, compared to the Pfizer two-dose vaccine-induced immunity. Boom. This is incredible data. We should be doing something with this from a public health standpoint. When it comes to who we trust most and how we're going to mandate who has to get the vaccines, it's pretty clear from this data that people who've had prior infection and have a demonstrable prior infection are very, very well protected from even the Delta variant. So um, that's really important. As well, individuals who are both previously infected with SARS-CoV-2 and given a single dose of the vaccine gained additional protection against the Delta variant. Again, it's some, but it's not nearly as profound as a 13-fold difference, as a 27-fold difference, as a 7-fold difference. Big, giant numbers. This was uh, about a 50% difference. Um, so, uh, or looked at the other way, it was a, it was a, a 100% difference if you went the other direction. All right. So remember, I, I presented this in episode 21. I won't go through it again, but we had this uh, Cleveland Health Clinic. They noted the same thing that out of 1,379 people who had been previously infected, none of them came down with a reinfection in their study period. You can go back to episode 21 and look at that if you want. And it led me also in episode 21 to create this immunity ladder. I put parens around this saying natural infection plus a vaccine I think was better based on the Cleveland study, but it was inconclusive. Here we're getting more data that says it's better. So we might put this immunity ladder and say a vaccine plus the natural infection is, is confers the highest, although caveat, we don't actually know what the impact is of getting that vaccine and whether that additional safety you get from COVID is worth the additional risk that certain age categories would bear um, based on uh, the side effects from the vaccine. We still, we need a lot more data to be clear on that. But for now, we're going to say 
Immunity ladder, vaccine plus natural at the top. Natural is just under that. Vaccine alone is under that. And nothing is all the way at the bottom of that. So that's the, whoops, skipped around here. So that's the immunity ladder right there. Now, you'd think, wow, this is amazing, fresh new data. This data just came out uh, yesterday. Um, you'd be surprised to know maybe that Sweden's been on top of this. This is from their Ministry of Health website. There's the link down at the bottom. Uh, there's the Public Health Agency of Sweden. What did they say? They say, what if, question in A, they have a fact over there. They say, what, what if I've recovered from COVID-19? And they say, well, if you had a COVID-19 infection confirmed by PCR test or have had a positive antibodies test, you have the possibility to socialize with others, even inside, even if you or the other person or persons belong to an at-risk group. Bam, Sweden being rational. They're like, hey, if you've already had an infection, go for it. Hang out with grandma who's like, you know, 90 and has got like morbidly obese. Like, like they're saying it flat out here. This is Sweden's approach. It, you you just go out and socialize. Be how you want to be, right? Um, and, whoops. So they say, uh, you know, please observe that you have to still uh, make individual risk assessments before you meet others. So don't be a dummy. They're depending on the people of Sweden to not be dummies. Uh, that's awesome. I like that. A little self-responsibility. And they say as well, it's unclear how long immunity against COVID-19 will uh, last after an infection. Um, based on current knowledge, there's reason to believe immunity will last up to six months. This was just updated, let's keep skipping around, updated on uh, 1020, but this data I just gave you um, just came out. So this is 1020, 2020. So I think once they have a chance to look at this data, I would be surprised if Sweden doesn't update this to say that we now have current knowledge to say that um, this immunity lasts a long time. But as well, regardless of the immunity ladder status, I believe that every single case, whether you have vaccine plus natural, you're going to have even better immunity if you, your terrain is properly prepared. So all of these things, magic bullet side, you know, and or natural infection side are enhanced if you prepared your terrain. That's vitamin D, zinc, quercetin, uh, selenium, things like that, that if you have a well-prepared terrain, you're going to be better off in every single case. That just makes uh, lots of common sense. All right. So with all of that said, um, here are my conclusions for episode 23. A, natural immunity. It's powerful, it's durable, and it's more protective than vaccines alone. And it ought to be part of our, of our dialogue and our landscape about who we would trust and who actually needs to get the vaccine versus who can make the choice. People who've already had natural immunity, I think, should be able to make that choice. <coughs> Excuse me. Not COVID. Uh, it's possible that vaccines plus natural immunity is better. Um, but I need more data on that. Uh, I also need to know what the side effects are for people who are vaccinated post-COVID. We have some anecdotal data from doctors who are front lines on this to suggest that people who are in some sort of a window post-COVID infection, when you pile a vaccine on top of that, that those are the people who often have um, big trouble with the vaccine. I wish we had better data on that. And of course, as the data comes in, I'll bring it to you. Uh, by the way, this still isn't time to drop your guard. Uh, vaccinated, I believe, are a danger to everyone, though, who assumes them to be safe, including the vaccinated. Are like, oh, I've got a passport. I'm, I'm safe. I can go. I can go see grandma with the comorbidity. No, you have a much higher chance of actually spreading that disease than person with natural immunity. And of course, the person who has neither been vaccinated or had COVID is the greatest danger in this uh, story of all, I think. But we'll have to see. Take your supplements. Get good sleep. Uh, exercise. Be outside as much as you can. 
Uh, I don't know what Australia is doing, but they're violating all of those right there right now. If in crowds, wear a mask, but it's got to be a proper one. Uh, not, not the where you pull your shirt up over your nose. Don't even bother. Um, if you get symptoms, though, you get early treatment. Early treatment is the key in this story. That's how you prevent things from getting worse. And my prediction remains still that the Delta variant, because it's got such a high transmissibility, it's going to lead to actual herd immunity much faster than most people are expecting. Um, maybe another two months in the U.S., already there in many places in the world like India and so on. All right, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening to me on my non-YouTube sort of channel at this point in time. Remember, it doesn't have to be this way. You're probably watching this on Odyssey. We've added this down here. You can find me at all of those places down there. Um, and you will be able to, uh, well, you know, whatever you can do to support us. Um, we ask you to share this video with five friends and come to start visit us at Odyssey and or Rumble and the other places that we're putting our videos. Come to peakprosperity.com. Can't wait to see you there and talk about the data. And that's my promise to you. I'm going to keep talking about the data. All right. That's all I have for today. See you next time.